Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You can't wait to drop this don't you? Yeah, they gon' have fun with that. Smash like song of men, my song's gon' break through like a running back. Hello and welcome to the podcast that is always up to speed with Formula One. My name is Mark Hamilton and not joining me today, my friend, my colleague, my co-host, my frenemy, Mr. Mark Daly. And that can mean only one thing, that this is a continuation of our interview series. Now, today's guest is somebody that I've been hoping to get on the show for a very long time, and a little bit of context is necessary. If you've been listening to this show for any amount of time, you probably know that I have a Canadian passport. I live in Canada. I have a British passport. I grew up in the UK. But I consider the United Arab Emirates in the Middle East very much to be my second home. We visit there every year. My wife grew up there. My son loves it. And I think it's a very, very cool country that is rapidly, rapidly developing. To give you a little bit of background and to share some of the geography, the country is bordered by Oman and the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. The country is divided into a number of emirates. These emirates originally came together in the 1970s to form a union, to form a country, which ultimately became the United Arab Emirates. The country is dominated by two major cities. In the south part of the country, you have the city of Abu Dhabi. And in the north part of the country, about an hour, an hour and a half away by car, you have the city of Dubai. Of course, most people are familiar with Dubai. It's obviously a huge financial and tourist hub for the region. And of course, Abu Dhabi is very much the capital of the country, as well as the oil and gas center of production for the country as a whole. Now, Abu Dhabi in recent years has also been making strides to become a much, much, much more appealing destination for tourists. And back in the late 2000s, they developed a region of the city called Yas Island, introduced some major shopping, some tourist destinations, and of course, they built Yas Marina. And Yas Marina has been hosting Formula One Grand Prix since 2009. And fortunately, I have been able to attend many of them, including my favorite of all. Despite the fact that Lewis lost, I was able to see Nico clinch the Formula One title in 2016. So all of that said, I feel like we have pretty deep roots in this country. Now, a couple of years ago, it came to my attention that there was a very talented young driver from the United Arab Emirates that was making her way through some of the junior formula throughout that region. Her name, Hamda Al Kobesi. And Hamda is going to join us today and talk a little bit about her story and a little bit about her journey. Of course, we've been watching her. And when I say we, my wife, my son, my, my, myself for a number of years. And it's been really cool to see her journey and her development and her ability to represent her country. Currently, Hamda races for Prima Racing in the Formula Regional European 
Championship, which sees these young drivers race at some of the greatest venues in the world. In fact, just a few weeks ago, Hamda was racing at Spa. Earlier this season, she's also raced at Monaco and at Monza, so she's seen and experienced some of the best venues on the planet. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to connect with Hamda and listen to her journey and talk to her about some of her experiences competing at very high levels of open wheel racing across the Middle East region and throughout Europe. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after a quick commercial break. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back to the podcast that is always up to speed with Formula One. Joining me now, and something I've been incredibly excited to say for a very long time, is Hamda Al Kobesi. Hamda, how the heck are you? I'm great, thank you. First of all, and I probably should have teed this up off the top, congratulations and happy 20th birthday. Oh, thank you so much, thank you. It seems like the timing was perfect because I know you've had an action-packed calendar this year. So it looks like you had the opportunity to celebrate at home with friends and family. And you got to take a little bit of a break from your really, really busy racing schedule. Yes, I definitely had time to spend time with the family and friends. And, you know, I'm now the big two zero, so getting older. <laughs> but uh, it's always great to spend time with family and to be here. Uh, I always come back in August, so again, it was nice to see them and nice to spend time with them before going back again. And I don't think that most of our listeners have probably had the opportunity to visit the UAE in June, July, August. Maybe you're conditioned to the heat, but I really struggle with UAE weather in June, <laughs> July, August. Yes, it's super hot. I actually wanted to go for a run the other day as I do in Europe. And uh, I was like, nope, a bad idea. So <laughs> it was just really hot. And uh, yeah, I think impossible to, to run outside, even at night. It's so humid and uh, really difficult. And as well as uh, there's some sandstorms. And so it's a really hard, hard weather. But, uh, you know, I'm kind of used to it. But because I've been in Europe a lot, uh, it was a bit of a shock to me again, but I get used to it again. <laughs> I remember a couple of years ago, I was in UAE in the summer for the first time, and it was late at night, like maybe midnight, 1 a.m. And I thought, I'll do a run from, from downtown Dubai to Safa Park or Tolerance Bridge, which is only a couple of kilometers. I don't think I've sweat that much in my entire <laughs> life. So I, I sympathize. I sympathize with you. And I've run <laughs> marathon, and I've never experienced anything like that. 
Oh my yes, goodness. Yes. So before we get started, and, and I've got a ton of great questions, and I think our listeners are really excited about this interview, how would you introduce yourself, and, and what would you want people to know about you? So I would say my name is Hamda al I'm 20 years old, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I would say that I've been racing for about six years now in the motorsport world. Um, I moved up from karting to Formula 4 and now uh, Formula Regional. Um, I think, you know, it's been a really tough journey. I've worked so hard so far and uh, I think um, everything I've done is paying off and uh, all the hard work I put in, uh, the results are coming and, uh, you know, the more determined I am, the more I, I see it. So, um, yeah, in F4, I was the first female to get a podium and that was like, uh, I think, a really high achievement uh, yeah, on in that championship, as it was really the the toughest championship uh, in Formula Four, and and still is. So um, yeah, to to get a podium there is uh, again a dream come true. And uh, also in F four UAE, you know, to get uh, eight pole positions and eighteen podiums, and as well as six wins uh, in the two seasons in twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one. Again, another good achievement and step forward i think i am the most successful female in formula four so uh, i'm really really proud about it and especially coming from the uae uh, to to hold my flag up high and uh, i'm really proud about it and uh, now you know jumping into freca it was another tough step but uh, i'm uh, enjoying the experience and i'm learning a lot so let let's take a step back because I want to hear all about your racing journey, how you got into karting, your first experiences. But for those that might be listening in the United States, in, in Canada, and, and probably less so Europe, because I think a lot of Europeans regularly travel to the GCC countries, to the UAE, but maybe specifically for those of us living in North America, what are some of your favorite things about the United Arab Emirates? And for people that haven't been, what would you want people to know about the UAE culture? culture, food, language, etc. First of all, I would say it's the safest country. And, uh, you know, you never have to worry about walking outside. And you can leave your phone on the ta in a coffee table, come back the next day, and it's going to still be there. So <laughs> that's, it's, that's for sure uh, the safest country. And um, that's why I, I like being here. And, uh, again, the culture and the traditions we have here, you know, um, you go around, you see everyone wearing their traditional clothes, the abaya and the and the shela, and so everybody just always um, has these traditions, and we keep following them. So you see all the locals doing keep keep like um, keeping the tradition alive. So uh, that's one thing that's really special. And again, with the food, you know, home food is the best. Every time I come back here, <laughs> I know that I'm gonna get, you know my machboos or my <laughs> or uh, you know some really great food that I really miss when I'm away so do you remember then so you said you've been competing at a, a really high level now for five six years but do you remember the first time that you went to a karting track when was it where was it and what do you remember about that day so I remember the first time being in a karting track was actually in our um, karting track here in Abu Dhabi uh it was my first time um you know seeing the sport and uh, my sister at the time uh, just started in karting she, she's my older sister she's two years older than me 
And um, I was watching her, you know, going around and karting. She's the one who really had the, the passion for it in the beginning. And uh, she's the one who really pushed uh, my dad to, to get into the sport. So uh, she she was really, like, uh, passionate and determined about it. And she, she was really forcing my dad, like, I really want to race. I really want to race. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, so I saw her um, racing in her first uh, first year, first championship. Um, and uh, I watched her for a year. I, I loved the way she was determined and, and passionate about the sport. I loved how she uh, was disciplined after that. You know, every time someone said, you have to be here at 7 a.m. She was there at that time sharp. So it just really teaches you discipline and how aggressive she was on track, how she was fearless against all these other drivers and mostly uh, male drivers. So uh, I really I really liked her uh, passion and power and I, I wanted to be the same. So again, like, you know, like in these <laughs> stories, a little sister following her older sister's footsteps, it was a uh, quite the same and uh, yeah I did that and I and I followed her through uh, my first time in a cart I was a bit nervous uh, you know I didn't know what to expect but as soon as I put my foot on the pedal and I pressed that pedal I was like whoa <laughs> so, so from there I felt like I felt like speed was something I really I really enjoyed and it was something I wasn't scared of but I wanted more of so um, I from that I think uh that's what helped me move forward and get results because in my first uh, year in karting uh, in the local championship, uh, I was the only female on the grid and uh, I managed to win a race in the last race of the championship, uh, considering I was a rookie. So uh, again, wow. another achievement that uh, really, really pushed me forward and helped me continue in the sport. So I, I have to ask you this question. So we ask every driver this question, regardless of whether they're in NASCAR or the W Series, but how did your parents respond to your interest in karting? Now, your dad, and, and maybe you want to open up about this a little bit, is a big racer himself, but were either of your parents apprehensive about one or both of their daughters getting involved with karting? Yeah, my dad raced in GT for a while, so we always were around uh, um, racetracks and uh, different drivers, so we were already um, into into that uh, atmosphere or environment, I would say, and uh, so it, it wasn't really new to my dad, so he understood the feeling, he knew how it was to, to race cars, and so he he knows how fun it is he knows if we want to do it he would obviously would love to see the sport through us as well so um uh, that's why he was really open about it and he put us uh, in it so uh we are really thankful uh, especially you know coming from the UAE as girls it was really difficult for him to to put us in a male dominated sport but um he was able to to help us through it and uh, support us and so that we are thankful and grateful for. I've seen many photos on social media uh, of, from both your account and from your sister's account of your mom at the track for training and, and for practice and, and for racing. And it seems like she's a huge mechanism of support for, for both of you. Did she embrace the idea of the two of you joining? Um, or was this something that the two of you and your dad maybe had to convince her of over time that this was a good idea? My mom was actually pushing it as well. 
well. She she really um, wow. Yeah, she knew how how we loved the sport, and my mom also joined us in karting a few times. So that's a really funny <laughs> story. <laughs> yeah, and, I love it. Yeah, she loves cars as well. So like it runs through the whole family, I would say. But yeah, we always had our mom support. She she would um, you know risk many many things, many family gatherings, many. Um, uh, times at home uh, to to be with us to travel with us to take us to our races and you know without her it, it wouldn't be possible at what point did you begin to realize that racing could become something something serious something more than just competing at the local track near your home well it took a while i would say that as soon as i finished my first uh, f4 championship um uh, abroad is when I thought, okay, um, I think it could be serious and I think I could uh, really um, uh, do well. So uh, that's when I knew uh, it's something I really can't uh, live without and I would do anything to, to continue. What are some of the hardest things in racing to learn? So we've talked to other drivers that talk about it's really tough to get the braking point correctly. It's it's really difficult to rotate the car through a corner. What are some of the toughest things that you've had to learn or perfect during your journey of racing? So when I jumped from karting to F4, I would say the hardest thing was the car itself. It was heavy. And, uh, you know, the, the, the braking points obviously uh, were something that I had to work on the most, I would say, in Formula 4 as it, the brakes were a bit tougher, so you needed to put a, a good amount of pressure to reach the the peak, and uh, that's something I lacked coming from karting, but slowly was able to build on and uh, was able to reach uh, a certain uh, uh, goal, so it was good. And also moving up to regional, uh, the car is even heavier, and so I realized how much I need to work on my physical strength, and uh, that's one thing that I think is not really looked at, but, um, you know, out of the train, out of the racetrack, you know, training programs are important and uh, gym sessions are really important. So I do a lot of that, especially because we cannot be in the car 24 seven, you know, you cannot um, train as much in the regional car as I, as I did in formula four. So again, I have to really work on my physical strength outside of, uh, of the car and uh... and that's that's the perfect segue to the next question and obviously you you probably spend a lot of time doing track walks and even when you're you're training you probably spend a little bit of time in carts and with the simulators but what does your workout regimen look like is it a lot of cardio is it a lot of weights what does your training look like when you're not at the track in the car yeah so right now i'm trying to build on uh, because i'm trying to build some strength on my arms uh, i obviously use weights uh, it's almost like a CrossFit type of uh, training, uh, not not too heavy weights, but just enough to help uh, increase, you know, the power and strength. And uh, obviously, cardio is important as we stay 30 minutes in the car, and uh, you know, you need to keep that uh, high percentage of focus as well, even when uh, being really tired. So. Uh, I think uh, cardio is also important, but I don't do too much of that as I'm trying to keep a certain weight and uh, I, I can't lose it, especially because I'm really, really light and I already have full full ballast on my car, uh, including full fuel. And so it's, yeah, it's really difficult as it's even more difficult because the car is then 
even heavier. So, so <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit of a it's a hard situation, but uh, I'm willing to uh, work on it. In 2019, which amazingly was already three years ago now, you made that initial transition to Formula Four, which you just mentioned a couple minutes ago, and you alluded to this a little bit, but just how much more advanced was that car than what you had driven before that point? Well, it was. Uh, it was really, really advanced. The speed, especially the speed difference, uh, was something that shocked me a bit um, that I had to get used to. So as soon as I made that jump, you know, it was difficult to, to, um, to like the speed was just so much different uh, in the straights. I felt it. I felt a bit nervous. And for the first time, I was like, oh, speed is kind of scary. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, when I got used to it, uh, I was like, oh, never mind. It feels slow again. But <laughs> it was just that, that's awesome. that initial transition is when it feels like, oh, this is way faster. So I think that's one, one big factor. Yeah. When you're at the track for a race weekend, and of course, in your championship on a race weekend, you'll typically have two races. How do you prepare, not even just for that race, but leading up to to a race weekend? You know, you're heading to Spa, you're heading to Monza, you're heading to Monaco. What do the days and the weeks look like ahead of that weekend? How do you get yourself physically and mentally prepared to race at a new track? Yeah, so I go... Uh, to a program in Atletica which is a a place in Italy and we do physical and mental training Um, it starts at 9am and then we have a lunch break from 12.30 to 3 and then again starts at 3 until like 6pm so and this is all physical uh, training including a bit of mental and uh, I do that for 3-4 days in a row and uh, then after that, it's uh, I still do some training, but obviously it's going to be a bit less um, uh, and not uh, that intense. And then, um, you know, after that, we move into the sim sessions to prepare for uh, our uh, races. And, um, you know, we go through the tracks that we're going to race in and we do these uh, sim sessions uh, for that track, which goes on the whole day. Uh, then we have our uh, pre-race meetings pre-event meetings which we go through the track the push to pass zones and the corners and uh, and after that then we go to the track and then we do our track walk (laughs) so it's, it's a long 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 process but uh that's amazing. Talk a little bit about the the simulator itself, because for whatever reason, that's something that myself, to be honest, and our audience is really, really fascinated with. You were at Spa a couple of weeks ago. Presumably, that was your first time there. How much time would you have spent in the sim working and learning that track before you stepped foot there for the first time? Yeah, so we spent like one and a half days um, uh, in the sim. And I would say that, uh, you know, not being at the track, you really have to uh, watch uh, onboards and uh, really learn the track well before being there. And the sim helps a lot. It's a really, really big uh, help because as soon as I went from the sim to the actual thing, it, it felt real. It felt the same. So, so the way I was driving in the sim, I drove in real life. And, uh, you know, it skips the process of uh, it's, it's almost like helping you learn it faster and, uh, you know, it saves some time instead of going to the track without a sim, without knowing where the track goes, you know, I just spend longer trying to figure that out instead of working on the details, which is maybe a break this much later or go on the gas this much earlier. 
a lot of the the young drivers that we've been speaking to recently that have been competing in Formula 4 and Formula 3 have been talking about ever since the pandemic, so many drivers have actually started putting sims in their home because it's a really affordable way to learn tracks when you're not able to go to the physical track, the circuit itself to experience that. Have have you, your sister, your dad put a sim in at your home yet? Yes, yes, we do have a sim actually. And uh, yeah, we use it to learn tracks like the other time uh, before Mona I used it to to learn where Monaco goes as you, you we never um, have any test days there and even <laughs> even in the race uh, weekend it's like a 20 minute uh, session so wow yeah it was nothing and uh, you know being that close to the walls you really need confidence and need to learn uh, the track so yeah that's what I did. Hamda, we're going to take a quick commercial break. I have a, a bunch of other questions to, to ask you, but for everyone listening at home, thanks for joining us. We're going to be back in 30 seconds. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Welcome back to the podcast that is always up to speed in Formula One. My name is Mark Hamilton and joining me once again, the one, the only, the myth, the legend from the United Arab Emirates, Hamda Al-Khobesi. Hamda, thank you so much once again for joining us. If you're just tuning in, we've been talking about Hamda's journey through the lower ranks of karting, through Formula Four. We've talked a little bit about her home sim setup and how she gets ready for a race weekend. Now, one of the things that we haven't mentioned is the team that you've been driving for now or the organization that you've been a part of for quite a while. Talk a little bit about how your relationship with Prima started and and talk a little bit about them as a world-class organization. Mm -hmm. So it started with my sister. She's been uh, the first female in in that team, actually. Uh, And she raced in Formula 4. And, uh, you know, soon after, uh, they became... A really really like family and uh, we always um, wanted to continue with them so under the banner of Abu Dhabi Racing uh, we we you know joined forces I would say and uh, you know we stuck together ever since and um, I raced with them in Formula 4 UAE as well as uh, uh, Europe and um, you know I've, I've made progressive steps with them and and they treat me as as any of the other drivers they've ever had. So that's one thing I, I really enjoy about them. And, you know, the environment there, they, they don't treat me any different from the other drivers. Uh, they, they think I do have the potential to be there. And 
they they know that I can do well and I can do better and that's the environment I I want to be in and uh you know your your environment in racing is really important so the people around you and uh really affect you you and your driving and can make a big change from I would say a good race weekend to a bad race weekend so um you know that's one factor that's really important to me I would say and you know Prema has never failed to to have perfect race weekends with me um in terms of environment and they were always supportive so uh yeah a great team uh, great people and yeah and i i can tell from the social from the social media that i've seen from the team and from yourself it seems like it's one really strong united front and that you get along really well with the other drivers and and everyone else that supports that that organization so i think it seems like a fantastic fit for both you and and for your sister. Tell me about the best moment. And I think you may have alluded to it right off the top, but talk a little bit about the best moment that you've ever experienced in a racing car. And what do you remember about that day? Yeah. So I would say, uh, Misano, uh, mid July. I don't remember when exactly. I should, <laughs> it should be that I remember it's exactly, but, um, yeah, race one, uh you know the toughest 30 minutes of my life <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, but it ended you know with a with a podium and uh, with a big big smile on my face <laughs> so uh, yeah i would say it definitely was a really tough race i qualified already already from qualifying uh, i was the most uh, the highest female to to qualify wow. yeah in that position so p5 and um you know from there i was told look you know you you have the potential to be top 5 uh, you need to finish the race top 5 there's no excuses there's no so i had a bit of pressure i would say but uh, <laughs> <Definitely>. <laughs> yeah but i went in you know with a clear mindset i went in knowing i i belong here i belong to be in this position and there's no way i I can go backwards, only forwards. How did you and your your dad, your your mom, your sister? How did they? How did you celebrate the result? Oh, it was crazy. Uh, I would say as soon as I jumped out of the car at the end of the, I couldn't believe it. First of all, I thought I was dreaming, and then I, I jumped out of the car, and my dad was there <laughs> already to to you know hug me, and uh, he he was so proud of me, and uh, uh, obvi- obviously the coming from the UAE, it's uh, it's a really really big achievement. Uh, being Arab and able to to do this achievement uh, uh, again helped me uh, in the sport. Helped me not just prove that females are capable of uh, um, doing well, but also that there should be more females and there should be support for them because they can do it and and they are able to to be in the top in the toughest championship. What is your favorite? racing track so obviously you have some special memories of that specific track because of the result but i i look at the formula regional european championship this year you've been to paul ricard you've been to monaco you've been to hungary you've been to spa you've been to some world-class venues that most of us only see on tv when our formula one heroes race there what are some of your favorite racing tracks and, and what makes those so special to you uh definitely monaco was uh one of my favorites, uh, you know, it's a historical track and to, to race there, it was amazing. And uh, obviously being the first female Arab also to race there is another achievement uh, and a, a boundary that uh, I was able to to surpass. And 
Um, I think also Spa was one of my favorites. I, I think I did my best results there and uh, I really enjoyed the track considering it was my first time there. I didn't really expect to, to do that well. But uh, I went in again with clear mind and uh, I said, you know, I just need to learn. I just need to try my best. And I, I loved Rouge. It was was the really uh, amazing corner. So, <laughs> yeah. What is the most challenging? And maybe it is that one, but what is the most challenging circuit that you've raced at so far? So the most challenging circuit, I would say, is uh, uh, Hungaroring in Budapest. Um because it also of the temperature, uh, it was really hard to keep the tires um, in, in good shape during the race. And, uh, you know, I struggled a lot with, uh, with oversteer. And because of how heavy the car is, it was really difficult to, to control uh, the car. And, uh, yeah, I would say definitely one of the toughest circuits in the calendar. You've definitely been a trailblazer in your career, as as you've described, coming from the United Arab Emirates, um, trailblazing as a female driver, as an Emirati driver. Who have been some of your biggest inspirations, though, during your personal journey? Who have been some of the people that you've looked up to as you've trailblazed through all these different racing series? Yeah, so, um, I mean... Uh, if you're talking about in my family, I would definitely say my, my father and uh, my sister. I always looked up to them in, in motorsports and I always wanted to be like them. So, uh, And they're the reasons I even um, got into the sport in the first place. So uh, definitely they would be someone I, I really look up to in the sport. Um, I would say outside of my family, I know that uh, you might think it's not uh, <laughs> like, a, like a unique hero, but... Uh, Lewis Hamilton, I have to say, you know, he's, he's a legend and <laughs> yeah, so I, I really, really uh, look up to him and uh, ever since I got into the sport, when we would watch F1, he was always the one I cheer for and still, until now, I cheer for him. Uh, I don't know, uh, I know that Mercedes are um, getting through so, a tough time uh, this this year, but I still look up to Lewis as the greatest uh, driver who ever existed and Hamda, you will get no argument from me, and our listeners know that I am very much a bit of a homer when it comes to Lewis Hamilton, and and my listeners hear this all the time. But my last name is Hamilton, my surname is Hamilton, yes. my son's yes. name is is Lewis Parsa Hamilton. So he he literally oh, he literally bears the name of the greatest driver of all time. <laughs> oh. That's great. That's great. So your sister, as you mentioned, she races as well. She got into the sport a year before you. She's a couple of years older how has having a fellow race driver as a sibling influenced your development do you find each other pushing each other do you share data do you talk about personal experiences how has it been beneficial to have a sibling that's competing at a high level like you are so obviously out of the track you know we are siblings we 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 do um, care for each other and and all that but you know especially if we're in the same category, as soon as we put our helmets down, there is no, <laughs> there's no sister anymore, <laughs> I would say. But, uh, you know, we, we all just go in and uh, race each other like uh, separate drivers. Uh, we end up, obviously, in, the, in many arguments, I would say, after the races. But, uh, you know, it's, it's the sport. Uh, it's, it's what keeps the, the fun, I would say. And, uh, you know, 
every time we're on the dinner table, my sister just mentions a race from far, far back, you know, 2017. And, and she says, oh, you remember when you pushed me off or you remember when you did that? So it always brings up these arguments, but then it's fun. So it's, it's nice to, to share this. Yeah, yeah. But we do we do definitely share that and we do still help each other and push each other to, to improve. So I think sometimes people like myself sit at home and, and we watch these young drivers and Formula 4 and Formula 3 and Formula Formula 2, and we assume that their entire life is just racing, 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 sim, practice, training. But a lot of young drivers are, are going to school and they have different responsibilities. How do you manage to juggle studying, home life, your social life, and traveling the world to compete at ultra high levels of open wheel racing? Yeah, it's definitely difficult to, to balance, but then it always comes to priorities in the end. And, uh, you know, school is really important, as is racing. But, uh, you know, I always have to I have to do school and it's something that's uh, um, always going to be there. And I have to I have to do it. So I go to NYU Abu Dhabi um, and uh, it's definitely a really tough uh, university. But so far I've been able to uh, cope with them and I was taking asynchronous classes. So whenever I'm in Europe, I would do it online. And whenever I was here I would uh, go to class so that's something they really helped me with and uh, I would thank them for it uh, you know especially being a top university and they really want you to to be involved uh, in the campus life uh, so for me to to be a full-time uh, racing and an athlete uh, it was difficult for them but uh, they managed to to help me through it um, and again it's all about being proactive it's all about uh, saying okay uh so today i'll have to do this and that and you know pushing yourself to to finish it and how much does it mean to you to represent the united arab emirates the uae how how important is it for you to be able to wear that flag on your your racing suit and to see it on your car every single time you go out to race i'm i'm really proud to be from the uae and especially because it has a really good uh reputation and everybody who comes to the UAE is always impressed with Dubai, Abu Dhabi, you know, it's it's nice to, to be from a country like this. So again, I carry a big amount of pride. So to be able to even lift the flag up, you know, it's something really special to me and to race around Europe and show I'm coming from an Arab country and I'm here and I belong here and I am uh, going to do well is uh, something that's uh, really special to me and I, and I really want to keep doing it. I know you and your sister have made some front page news in, in the UAE and across the GCC countries about the success that you've had in open wheel racing. How, how do you find that other people in the UAE, expats and nationals, how have they received the success that you and your sister have had? Have people been overwhelmingly uh, supportive and have they embraced the two of you? Yeah, definitely. We, we've reached a lot of support from uh, many, many people. And I would say that also many um, local girls started to get into the sport, which is which is great. You know, we love seeing it. And I've, I've got many um, friends asking me how to get into the sport. And, uh, you know, they wanted to join the sport. And that's a big, big step forward. Uh, and it's I feel like my sister and I are creating many opportunities for others as well as, you know, they could use us as an example, like, oh, look at her. She she's she's from the same country and she's doing this. So 
can I do it? And then so it creates a bit of an opportunity for them and it helps them to get into the sport as well. What type of advice if for anyone that's listening at home might be young parents who maybe have kids that are interested in getting into the sport or maybe even for young girls that are interested in themselves, what type of advice would you have for parents whose kids are interested in getting into karting and what type of advice would you have, especially for young girls that are curious about taking up karting? Um, honestly, I would say go for it. Uh, you know, try and, and see if you'll enjoy the sport. For sure, you're going to enjoy it. It's uh, it's always fun to go karting, even if it's just rental carts with friends. So, um, you know, and if if you feel like you have a passion for it, go for it. Um, get into championships, push for it. And, you know, you always get that support. I think family support is very important. And so... If you have that, uh, keep going and, and, you know, try your best. The next question here was, do you watch F1, mm-hmm. which you've already answered, and which team and drivers yeah. do you root for? And you answered that question and your answer yeah. was correct. So you get an A plus for that exam. But uh, but do you have a prediction for this championship? I think it's pretty much locked up, unfortunately, knock on wood, yeah. unless something terrible yeah. happens. But any predictions for what we might see the rest of the year? Does Mercedes pass Ferrari? And do you think Max locks up his second world championship? I think Max uh, will probably lock up his second world championship. It it feels like that's what's going to happen. And uh, I think with Mercedes, they've made the really good improvements uh, throughout the season. And, you know, with Ferrari's strategy not going so well, probably Mercedes could uh, surpass them. But uh, we'll see. <laughs> By the way, your Italian accent is, is perfect. Yeah. I, I assume that's because of the time you spend there and around uh, an Italian probably. racing team. <laughs> yes, yes, probably. <laughs> So we've talked a lot about, and we'll let you go shortly. We just got a couple of questions left, but uh, you talked a little bit about your racing journey. You talked a little bit about the fact that you're obviously going to school, but when you aren't racing, what type of activities keep you busy and what type of passions do you have aside from school and aside from racing? Yeah, I really enjoy uh, jet skiing, um, uh, you know, on the water. Yeah. So so like before uh, even getting into motorsports, we always enjoyed uh, anything with an engine, I would say. So mo- motorbikes, <laughs> uh, quads in the desert, uh, which is really famous here, I would say. And uh, jet oh, skiing. Yeah. yeah. We, we always would go on boat trips. It was every weekend almost. So it was uh, something uh, that we do as like a tradition. So, uh, yeah, when I'm back here, it's uh, nice to go on the jet ski again and uh, get that feeling back. Uh, I also really enjoy um, swimming and uh, and running as well. So, yeah. Awesome. So I'm going to hit you with some rapid fire questions to wrap this up before we uh-huh. let you go. So <laughs> when you're getting yeah. ready for that big race weekend, you're getting ready to train or you're going running, who is your favorite music artist to get you all pumped up and ready to go uh this is difficult but if i had to like answer from the top of my head it would be the weekend probably uh the weekend yeah. from toronto a canadian boy <laughs> yes so yeah i really enjoy <laughs> i really enjoy his song so yeah the other acceptable answer would have been drake another canadian boy but ah uh, drake too yes, perfect perfect <laughs> i'll accept both so a plus what was okay. what was the last movie you saw <laughs> the last movie was mulan a Disney movie. Oh, <laughs> was it the the live action Mulan? Uh, no, no, actually the cartoon. I, I do the old scoop. <laughs> the old scoop awesome, life. awesome, acceptable. Last last TV show that you binged? Oh, I don't really watch TV shows, but I got into Stranger Things uh, recently. So, oh, uh, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> 
I, I got about halfway through season one many years ago and I had to tap out. It was a, it was a little too scary for me, but kudos yeah. to you for making your way through it. Okay, <laughs> the next question here, and this is the eternal debate with my wife and I, and for anyone that's been to the UAE or thinking about going, the UAE has some of the best malls in the world. Your favorite mall, the Mall of the Emirates, Dubai Mall, or Yas Mall? Oof. I would say the Mall of the Emirates. <laughs> oh, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> yes, because of Ski Dubai. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite social media platform? Instagram. Favorite thing to do with your friends? And you've probably alluded to some of them, but when you're just with your friends, what's your favorite thing to do when you hang out? Um, I like to go around uh, with the, with sports cars. So I, t I ask my dad, I borrow one of the sports <laughs> cars and I go around it. <laughs> okay. Your favorite restaurant. We've got two left here. Your favorite restaurant, again, for anyone that's maybe traveling, thinking about a great holiday destination, or maybe they want to see the season finale at Yas Marina. Um, best restaurant in the United Arab Emirates. Cipriani. Ah, uh, good Italiano. choice. <laughs> Final question. And we ask everybody this question. Anyone that's on the show that's a driver, NASCAR, IndyCar, whatever it is, your favorite, and this is serious journalism here, your favorite Mario Kart character. Oh, no. This is hard. <laughs> oh, uh, Mario. It has to be Mario. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Oh. Uh, Hamza, I cannot thank you enough for joining us today. This was fantastic. I hope oh, you had a lot pleasure. of fun. But thank I want to make sure you give everyone listening at the home the opportunity to follow you on social media. One, where can people follow you? And two, how can people tune in to watch some of your races? So people could follow me on Instagram. I think it's uh, the most uh, platform I use. So I would say uh, there would be a great way to, to follow and support and you know, to follow my races as well, they stream on YouTube, uh, you know, Formula Regional European Championship by Alpine. You'll find all the races there and uh, the upcoming races Perfect. as well. That's fantastic. Once again, thank you so much. Yeah. I wish you nothing but the best through the rest of the championship, which obviously is going to be resuming in a couple of weeks here. Hopefully, maybe next year we can have you back on, catch up, learn how the journey is continuing. But until then, thank you so much. And to everybody listening at home, really appreciate you joining. Uh, this has been a very special interview with Hamda al Kobesi, once again from the United Arab Emirates. Thanks for joining in. Thank you, thank you for having me. And as always, if you'd like to follow us on Twitter, you can find us at Scuderia F1 Pod. And once again, if you'd like to give us a rating on Spotify or a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, you know that means the world to both of us. Once again, thanks so much for tuning in. See you again next time. Bye-bye.